Morning campers. <laughs> Nervous laughter. I know, I know. I said to him, are you, are you scared? Are you just scared? Okay. I will be. Yeah, <laughs> not too scared. Um, I've been allowed uh, 30 seconds or a minute because we went over a bit of time um, with Mike um, talking about turtles and things to just mention a few authors on our bookstall at the back here. Amongst your churches, you probably may not know some people who've written uh, books, various stars of books, not all deep theological study books. And um, I've just brought a few selection, which I'm going to show you. Face to face, this is a guy from Revelation Church in London. Anna Goodman, lovely wife. Uh, a book on prophecy. Read this, it's brilliant. I've read it, I love it. This one I've also read is a girl called Karen who's in the Stowmarket Church, a children's book, uh, nine to 12 year old teenagers. It's excellent. And um, I spent last week reading it and not doing, writing school reports, so that was really good. Uh, Andy Moyles, I, thought, I read this book and I thought. Um, it's, it's about evangelism, but it hasn't got evangelism written on the front. It's about entertaining your friends and bringing them to, to know God. And that's an excellent book. So if you know Andy, he's probably tried to sell you five. Uh, this one, a great one. This is Ian Ormisher. He's from the Cambridge Church. And um, I love this. Yeah, little cheer there. You've got quite a few in your church, Cambridge. Um, and uh, Journey of a Seer, it's an excellent, um, it's, a story, it's his stories, experience that he's had of seeing all sorts of things. It's a prophetic book. Please buy that. This one, is. A, I wanted to show you this one because if you're 70, the lady who wrote this book is from our church, King's Community Church in Norwich. When she, woo, when she was 70, she said, what can I do? And she spent £2,000 of her own money. I don't think she'll mind me telling you that. And her and her husband, they wrote a little book, which is photos. I'm talking really quickly, aren't I? Get it over in my minute. Um, photos and Bible verses. She gave it away to lots of friends and family. And it's been an amazing, just, she's had loads of testimony. So you could do that as well. And this one I found out, found John Wilthew. He's in the Wyndham Hope Church, Wyndham. How to, honouring marriage, it's a how-to study book about 50, 100 years old. Uh, there's a study book, so you could write a study book. Marcus Tutt, King's Community Church, Norwich. Uh, he, um, reaching for Healing, that's a really good one. Yeah, read that. <laughs> Last but not least, uh, um, I've got another, one other one. Um, I remembered from 100 years ago that Mike Frisbee wrote a book called Reaching the Nations. And I emailed him and I said, where is it? I can't find it anywhere. And uh, he's actually revamped it. And he's from Cambridge as well. So that's going to come out soon. So look out for that because read, I've read it and it's amazing. It exactly fits in with what we do in Relational Mission. These two books are Mike's books. He can plug them because he's had a whole hour and 10 hours of t- testimonies and all sorts of time to do his. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hi, Dan. Hello. Daniel. Now, I need to clear this up because somebody said, don't call him Dan. Don't call me Dan. Okay. (laughs) Don't call me Joanna. (laughs) Okay. Got it. (laughs) Fighting time. You're you're frightening when you're being friendly. (laughs) So uh, I can't imagine how frightening you are when you're being frightening. I just growl a bit, you know, like that. Or I pull a, a, pull a sad face or something. I say to the, I teach her, sad, Miss Burtz is very and, sad. And, and just a second ago, you called nine to 12-year-olds teenagers. Did I? Yeah. So, <laughs> are you, and you're teaching our children, are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're worried as well. Thanks. 
Okay, Daniel. <laughs> okay, we, we've got one minute to talk about. We, uh, all men, as Mike has rightly said, all leaders have to, or women, or leaders who are men, who have to have a hobby. We know some of Mike's. He, he's got a beach hut. Beach hut. Um, so what are your hobbies that you have? Can you top Mike's? I don't really have a hobby. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's probably not true. I love working for the church. I love my family. I Great. love being a musician. <laughs> I love doodling. I love movies. I just, but I don't have a thing where if I've got an hour, I'll go to the shed and do a thing. Have you got a shed? So I might, my, my standing within relational mission might be slipping. Yeah, okay. We'll find you one. We can find, Anna could find you a little hobby. I'm sure she's got plenty of cleaning. I've been captivated by Mike's heart for the church, but not for turtles. <laughs> I, that, that, that tortoises, tortoises, you see, I, I can't even tell the difference. Yeah, don't go there. It's, I, I, I learned more than I should have done, really. Okay, I, what I was intrigued about you was that your dream job from, I don't know how old, your dream job was to lead a church. Now, I don't know many people whose dream job might be to lead a church. Why, why, would, that, why would that be? Um, really simple, logical answer, I believe. God, who made me, called me to lead a church. And so those two things together equal me being at my happiest. So it's as simple as that, really. I felt at Stonely, Terry speaked, talked, speaked, talked about the church in Solid Rock. Who remembers Solid Rock? And uh, nobody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They're not here. They're teenagers. <laughs> um, so he spoke about the church. It captivated my heart. I felt God say to me, one day, um, I want you to care for my church. And, and so that's what I wanted to do from that moment on. So I'm guessing that if you, now that you are a leader, and we know that the refining process could take a little while, what are the kind of things that you've learnt between obviously now and it's you're not finished yet you've perhaps just been doing it a little while the things that you've learned along the way or how did God get you to where you are I think I think I used to get frustrated about what what wasn't yet a reality and I think if you if you think too much about what yet isn't a reality you you will always be frustrated because there's always things that aren't yet a reality so I think if I could speak to my 25-year-old self, I would say just receive the mercies that God's given you for this day and, and also take responsibility for your own growth, no matter what you've been asked to do or not been asked to do or who's taken interest or not taking an interest. Love God, enjoy the gospel, know the word, grow personally, grow in wisdom, grow in, become a beast in the Bible, serve your guts out and... Um, be happy in that in that day-to-day rhythm with your father, rather than worrying too much about what is or isn't. I think God will God will do what God will do when God's good and ready to do it. Yeah, right. What about now that you are leading the church in Cambridge? What um, what are the things that you um, what do you see that do you see it working as you thought it would? <laughs> <laughs> Because you said a lot of nice things then. <laughs> I, think, I think, in all honesty, I probably had an idealised... I, I was born, virtually born into New Frontiers. So I, I, I went to Downs Bible Week. When I, was... I did Downs Bible Week. <laughs> did you do the Drowns Bible Week? I did the Drowns, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> so 
I think I probably had an idealized version of Christian leaders, that they were obviously perfect. And um, the, the closer proximity you get to them, the growing realization <laughs> there is... He's very close. <laughs> yeah. That, that no, of course, nobody's perfect. So these people aren't... They're not bearing this weight because they're perfect. Um, and so I think that that is a kind of a coming-of-age moment where you have, to, you have to realize we are all God's people trying to be obedient to him with whatever maturity we can muster. And, and none of us are perfect. And so I wish my church would fully understand, or they, I think they do fully understand that, that we're not perfect. Hands up. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to make as much of that as possible, to be honest. We, we want to all come to maturity, but we're not leading the church because we're better or we're more perfect or we're more mature. We have a different calling. And so um, we, we really, at City Church, are trying to, to get away from church as a meeting or an event Church has a community of people in a process. I guess you do that through teaching, mostly. Well, teaching can be very powerful, but if, if, if it's the only thing that happens, I totally believe it's insufficient. No matter how wonderful teaching is, on its own, it's insufficient. Like, like the most healthy piece of food can be incredibly healthy, but on its own, it's insufficient. So we, we do obviously teach the word and we love pointing people to Jesus, but we need to add to that, that they're in community together, that they're respond, we are all responding to what we've heard together in an immersive way, and we're actually putting it into practice. So we are apprenticing one another and getting on with it, rather than hearing about it and, and saying the preacher was or wasn't good this morning and going away. The question is, are you a good listener? You know, are we listening with faith? Are we going to put that into action? And are we even in each other's lives in, in a way that we can see whether we're putting that into action? So we're trying to get rid of things like... I mean, this isn't good or bad, but we're trying to make sure that we don't emphasize things that aren't that important. So smoke machines aren't that important. It's a not that they machine. don't have a place. A yeah, smoke machine. Smoke machines. I think a lot of churches... We haven't got one of those. <laughs> no, no. I'm just using an extreme example. No, that's a good example, yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not here to watch professionals do things. Right. Uh, we are here to, together, in the presence of God, which is guaranteed, grow and come to maturity. So anything that we do which says, you guys sit back and watch, we want to get away from. We want to say we are here to figure this out together to bring to, to bring ourselves to maturity for the leaders to bring us to maturity for God to bring us to maturity. So um, we're on a we're on a journey learning all of that sort of stuff, and some of it's painful because you fall into patterns of doing things in a certain way and expecting it that way. But I think we need to just keep asking the right questions about: Are we building like Paul talks about, like a master builder? Is it going to be worth? looking back in 20 years and say, the band was tight and the coffee was hot and that's all I managed. You know, I'd die a thousand deaths if that was my legacy. So. Yeah, amen. I say amen, that, amen to that. I like hot coffee, though. Oh, good, good <laughs> coffee. Good coffee will be good. Uh, we have very good coffee. We have a coffee shop. But I'm not allowed near the machine. 
let's talk a little bit about LEAD, um, the video that we just saw. Uh, brilliant. I, the reason that we're talking about LEAD is because you've got a new training centre. It's going to be based in Cambridge. There is one in Norwich and Ma- uh, Maidenhead and now Cambridge. How did that come about? Well, I suppose it came about because Cheryl sent us an email and said, can you lead a base? And um, you don't say no to Cheryl. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I personally did lead a few years ago and absolutely loved it. I mean, I don't, in a way, I don't really know what Steph's talking about when he says it's not advanced, it's kind of introductory. As if uh, that, I know what he's saying. You don't have to have a PhD to do it. But anything... Any time you spend thinking about God is theology and is good. And there's nothing, there's nothing elementary about it. Um, so I, I absolutely love spending time in the Word with other people. And uh, some of those people became lifelong friends and went on to plant churches. And, and so Lead has evolved over time and Steph's taken hold of it. And he's wanting to make sure that it's not just about church leadership, but anybody who's following Jesus can grow. Anyone who's following Jesus can enjoy the word together. So even if it's not a means to an end, but an end in itself, it's really, really worthwhile. That was growing. They wanted a third base. And obviously, because I'm incredibly clever. Well, you do live in Cambridge, so that must have an effect. I I do not have two IQs to rub together. Um, But we've got Simeon Dry as part of our eldership. He's a fantastic theologian and... uh, because, I think because of him and because of our location, it was felt like it was a great third base. Obviously, the best base. So um, if you want to do lead, or if you just want to come and hang out in Cambridge, please, please do. We've got a brand spanking new building that you'll be well looked after with air conditioning and all sorts of things. Selling it too much. What about the people who can do lead? I've done lead, and I don't know the difference between a teenager and a 9 to 12-year-old. Yeah. So... <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> who, who, who's it for? Um, if you can breathe both in and out, you, you are welcome to come to lead. Everybody Exactly. It, it's for everybody. I mean, if you think, well, you just look around in the, the, the churches that you're in and think about all the glorious people that Jesus laid down his life for, for whom he has plans and purposes and works in advance that they need to do, they need to be equipped to do that. So right. we need to turn to each other and look each other in the eye. And, and whatever idea you might have about what disqualifies someone, they're too young, they're too old, they're too mature, you know, they're too immature, they don't have enough time, whatever, not good enough. Yeah. I think we need to encourage each other to, to get involved. And I think a big bit of reality, very quickly, would be that we're all busy and this is an extra thing. So I, my question would just be, Make sure you're doing the right things because you're not going to get less busy. You're going to get more busy. So make sure that you've made purposeful decisions about what you're giving your life to. In four years' time, do you want to say, I did lead, or do you want to say, I watched the whole of 24 and Breaking Bad and all those Netflix series? You know. That was your hobby. <laughs> Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't say, I'm too busy, as if, oh, that's what a revelation. You know. yeah. Of course you're too busy. Make some decisions about what's in your life. And that's not to say you have to do lead. I'm just saying don't do lead because you're, not, because you're too busy. Don't do lead for good reasons. But do yeah. never, ever, ever use I'm too busy for an excuse. Yeah, and I think I, I want to encourage people because I did lead um, about two years ago. 
and um, I'm a full-time teacher and uh, my head teacher wanted me to do a leadership course and I found one better than the one she found and I said, can I do this? And she said, yes, absolutely, we'll pay for it. They paid for me to do the course. They paid for me to have a supply teacher on the day off that I was off and uh, she was very excited about it more than perhaps I was at the beginning, <laughs> sending me off. And, and I think don't disqualify yourself. And actually, I know Pete's wife is doing lead because she also is a teacher and her head teacher said, Joe did this course on about leadership. So don't disqualify yourself. Ask your manager if they'll pay for you to do it. They might just say yes. So thank you, Dan. And it's brilliant. Absolutely do it, please. Even if you haven't got a PhD like me. <laughs> so thank you. Thanks, um, Dan. Have a good preach.